So I have, um, this is Logan Murdoch. I have taken over the Hella Black, po- Hella Black podcast uh, for episode 65. I've kicked everyone out. They are, this, is no, this is no longer the Blake and Delincey's show. I have taken it all the way over. Um, but I did before I did take it over, I did have a um, great conversation with both of them. Just about my journey coming up. Um, just being a black journalist in the space and um, just how I came up, man. It was a really dope episode. So tap in, subscribe on Spotify, subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on SoundCloud, tap in wherever you find your podcast. Black, back again. Like we never left. Black History Month. We black all 2020, you feel me? Damn, Year round, but it's Black History Month, yeah. you feel me? We coming with that heat. I was going to say this. We coming yeah. with that heat. This is, this is the first time we recorded during Black History Month, but not the first episode we dropped during Black History yeah. Month, so I didn't really peep. Ooh. Make sure y'all check that last episode out. Mariam Kaba talking about prison, industrial complex, abolishing prisons, you feel me? So Please tap go in with learn that episode. Something. Please. I feel like... All of our no guests got episode, something to teach, you, yeah. teach y'all, but please, 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 please go listen to our latest episode. Y'all niggas, I learned a lot, so I know y'all gonna learn a lot. Yeah. It just reminds myself, like, bro, I always gotta be learning, bro. Like, <laughs> I call myself an abolitionist, but I damn near need to read a lot more abolitionist shit. Again, you feel me? Because I know this shit yeah. does not need to exist, but niggas need to read it more. We talk about <laughs> it all the time on the pod as... A lot of niggas just have surface level understandings of theories that they try to push. Like niggas walk, we walk around calling ourselves PIC abolitionists, but have a very surface level, very finite understanding of what the all deep the complexities of it that stands. You feel me? So, nigga, yes. If you identify as anything that's um, opposing this white supremacist capitalist patriarchy, you need to make sure you have a full understanding of the theories that you push in, my nigga. So, never stop learning. Moral of the story, read, listen to the last episode, listen to the no-name episode, you feel me, we coming with straight heat, all 2020, you feel me, tapping with our Patreon, patreon.com slash hellblackpod, pay the fuck up if you white, don't listen to this shit for free, pay up, patreon.com slash hellblackpod, shit, even if you non-black, you feel me, and you learning, pay for the labor, if you black and bougie, man, you got that, <laughs> that cash, man, patreon.com slash hellblackpod, but you also, you get content, I think that's what people kind of mistake with Patreon is like, oh, it's a donation. Like, yeah, you're supporting our work, but you also get a product, you feel me? So you're going to get an extended episode. Yeah. You're going to get a bunch of other shit, you feel me? So tap in with our Patreon, patreon.com slash hellblackpod. Apple Podcasts, subscribe, Spotify, subscribe, follow, you feel me? Give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, you feel me? We we on all the platforms now, man. If you're on SoundCloud, start reposting our shit, man. They got that little, like... Retweet Arrow thing square thing or whatever Yeah retweet our shit bro yeah. Repost our shit But follow us on that shit Cause you get a notification Right away Right as soon as we drop our shit You feel me You gonna get a notification So follow that shit Subscribe And we cannot Reiterate it enough How important Y'all support is I know y'all get tired Of seeing these motherfuckers <laughs> With these big ass backings Not saying the shit That needs to be said Saying the shit That's gonna constantly Uplift and support The white supremacist Capitalist patriarchy If y'all want real Radicals to have a platform And to have a voice It's gonna take y'all support The people have to uplift The radical voices Because we can't trust The the mainstream media to do it It's not gonna happen y'all So In order for this to Continue to thrive And for us to keep Dropping real shit And uplifting the most Marginalized And oppressed voices We need y'all support So 
Tally ho, motherfuckers. Tally ho, motherfuckers. <laughs> That's going to be the episode title. <laughs> Tally ho, motherfuckers. Tally ho, motherfuckers. <laughs> man, we got a special guest in the motherfucking building, man. You know what I'm saying, man? I don't know if I want to hug this nigga or sock this nigga because... <laughs> That's yes. all you That's all you know is love. Yes. Like, I, I got, I got a real problem with this nigga because... <laughs> oh, no, you too, man. Like, it's like, who's the best dressed out of both y'all? Y'all, y'all, you Logan, feel me? Y'all be getting them fits off in them Logan, shoes. Logan, Logan gets <laughs> fits off for sure. I, I'm more so like... Just stepped back to just being a cleat man, but Logan has you know his he on TV and shit now. So, <laughs> but my 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 problem with him is that his podcast is the perfect platform for me, and I've yet to be on there. Damn, bro, he's had two of my cousins on there. Yeah, arguably I was better at sports than both of these niggas. <laughs> arguably, <laughs> I, know one. I know one. You definitely were. <laughs> I mean, I was. I and in the other one, he yeah. played D one double A. I yeah. played D one A. Boom. So talk about it. If we gonna talk about, I'm just saying. We gonna talk love, about love it. Love my nigga to death. Yeah, yeah. but this nigga. This has is a not call out. on the pod. I'm saying Logan Murdoch in the building. Hey, can I? I guess this is a good time to to market the Logan Murdoch podcast. Is where it's just where yes, it's stole shot. Tap into the Logan Murdoch podcast. We, um, <laughs> we are relaunching in the summertime. Yes, Lord. Tap into Lindsay will be a guest. I better when I have the day. time to do this podcast. So thank you guys for having me, man. I'm the listener, bro. Thanks for having me. Shit. It's a good moment to have you on, man. I feel like we always been talking about having you on. And man, yeah, shit happening. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. If, if you were um, an early listener to Hella Black, you you know we used to shout him out. Um, yeah. Like when we was in the teens, we, yeah. we was having like episode 15, 16. We'd tell y'all, make sure y'all tapping in his pod. His content is great. And in addition to the podcast, he's a reporter and writer for and then NBC Sports Bay Area. There we go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, before I get to that, I do want to say, um, I remember. The first time I listened to this podcast, I was in Memphis, Tennessee on an internship. Um, and I remember I remember I sent you a text. It was the first one. You, it was the first episode you guys ever did. And I just came up on it because I was just wanted to support everything that you do to Lindsay. And I um, remember listening to it. I was like, bro, when are you going to put out another one? When, is, when are we going to do it? When are you going to, like, what is going on? And I remember listening to it just being enthralled. And I remember I was just, it, it really made me feel like I was at home. And I was so far away. So, um and you guys have been a big inspiration for me putting my podcast together, making me believe that I could do it on my own, yes, my sir. own equipment, and um, you know, get guests that mattered. So, thank you guys, and thanks for having me. It's, it's all love, bro, man. for sure. And for those that don't know, Logan is also a very consistent volunteer uh, for the, for People's Breakfast when he is in town and not traveling for work yeah. and shit. So, nigga, pulling up every chance you can get, Shout donating clothes, man. man. Yeah, man. This is this <laughs> is one of my favorite people. It's like a little brother to me, bro. Yeah, me, me and Logan. Sure. In addition to um, me having a problem with not being on his podcast <laughs> and him being an avid supporter and listener of Hella Black, we got a lot of history, bro. This like, yeah. is it a de- almost a decade? Well, it's over a decade because we we did we play against you, each other, bro. I mean, yeah, but I've known you since I was thirteen years old. Yeah, um, when I was with Berkeley High Yellow Jackets, um, I remember quick story. I know Delincey, Um I've known him since I was about thirteen, but I remember what really made me respect and. Um, really tapping with your leadership was uh, our before our, my junior year of high school, and I remember <laughs> uh, we were going into our you were going into your senior year, and you know we you had gone through some things in your sophomore year and, th- and junior year and things like that. But yeah, I was brought us case. yeah you brought us all <laughs> together and was like yo we gonna win this, we gonna win we gonna this, win this shit, title nigga. we gonna and win I was like <laughs> I believe in him we're gonna do 
<laughs> this nigga was, very convincing. Very that's convincing. wild because I don't, I don't think I am. That's what's so wild. He brought us all to the stoop at Berkeley High. Bruh. This random thing. It was like, <laughs> I can we see gonna it. Win it. we going to do it. Hey, bro. He was like, I swear to God, blood, y'all better win this shit, bro. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my mama, bro. We gonna le- I'm going to leave y'all. And if y'all need anything, I'm going to be doing it. And Delincey wasn't buff like he is now. He was like, she was younger than me. Like, like, he was skin and bones. <laughs> and he was like, oh, my mama, bro. We going to win this whole thing. And I was like, yeah, we're going to do it. But yeah, yo, Delicious always been a great leader, bro. He introduced me to you, Blake. So yeah. man, it's been it's been dope, man. So mm. happy to be here. Super saucy, man. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just jump right into Black Joy, man. We you got know, to. we got Black Joy almost forgotten. Just jumped right in the interview. Niggas be forgetting about that joy and shit, yeah. man. So you want to kick us off, man? Black Joy. Yeah, what's what's going um, on? I think that's something that's re- that I'm really happy about and stuff like that. Yeah. Right? Um, Black Joy. Um I don't know, something I'm really happy about, bro. I'm just happy to be able to do something right now that I love. Um, just covering and just starting my journalism career right now and making sure I'm giving a voice to people that don't necessarily have it. Um, can't really think of a moment particularly right now uh, that was great. Um, that's like, well, no, I do. Uh, but two weeks ago, we had a, um, I was at a Warriors game and, uh, I was with uh I was with Forty, E forty, you know mm-hmm. Forty. Really nice dude and um was tapping in with him at JP Morgan Chase Club and he was just giving me so much game, man, just talking about um you know, just his come up and how he came from Vallejo and um, I was also with Roz Gold and Wude. And those two people just soaking up knowledge from both of those two people, it was just like wow. You know what I'm saying? And I and I remember um Towards the end of the conversation, Roz like stopped everything and was like, "Stop everything! Stop everything!" And she was like, "I'm really proud of your come up, Logan." And Forty was like, "I'm proud of you too, man." And I'm like, "You know where we come? You know where yeah. we come from? That's like a big deal to have Forty say yeah, something 40 like that." Forty to co-sign that shit. To co-sign to be like, "Yo, I damn near cried, bro." And I was like, "This and it meant so much to me, bro, because I was." I mean, I guess we'll get into the story later, but like I remember being on the assignment desk at NBC when um, Roz was uh, sideline reporting there, and I remember just like every time she came into the um, every time she came into the studio, I made sure that I made a point to tap in and make sure I knew how she came up and what she was doing, just to you know I get my game soaked up. Yeah. And I remember always sitting next to her, seeing how she did her job. And, you know, now to be working at NBC and she's gone on to great things now to be for her to say that to me, like really meant a lot. So I guess that's my black joy moment. And um, that was really cool. Yeah. I'm going to reiterate they sentiments, bro. I'm proud of you, too, my nigga. For Appreciate real. it, brody. Yeah, likewise, man. What about you, B? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Beating your ass in beer pong this weekend, nigga. <laughs> this past weekend, nigga. Yeah, running like, shit, nigga. <laughs> we get to, I was talking hella shit, which is why he said you're like right, so okay. adamant. As you do, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that was my black joy moment. <laughs> Vibes. That's Me and this nigga Vibes. Holy shit. Me and this nigga. Vibes. That's wild. Yeah. Uh, I would say shit. My black joy moment was probably that that same day. Um, celebrating Yimmy's Yimmy's birthday. Man, I wish I could have made that, bro. I that saw that on the stories. Fun. I yeah. think I tapped with y'all later that night, but like that looked like a vibe. Yeah, yeah and you then, saw us later that yeah, night. And yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, that shit was hella fun just being with all the homies and shit. Shout and out Yimmy. Yeah, later that night, 
we celebrated Roger's birthday, and I got shout to out Roger with, with all y'all again. Um, on a side note, I just want to say, bro, Berkeley High is really running like all of the Bay stuff. Yeah. Uh, all offense to De La Salle. I'll take you, man. So shout yeah. out to Roger. Shout out to I'll be low key sick, like. When I go to Berkeley High and I still gotta pay to get in the games and shit, or Are you when niggas, yeah, like wow. what? When yeah. you come on, my nigga. I know. I mean, I'm or not. when niggas mention Berkeley High and they just bring up like G, the Cataracts, come on, and man. like Adam Sandberg and shit. I'm like, I, nigga, I put a tweet out, I bro. Put the city on, nigga. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I put the high on. What you we had a great about? little ten year run, bro. Even now, look at what niggas is doing. I'm, just, I'm saying right now, yeah, like, that's all the people I'm, that was in our era was is out here doing it. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, feeling, I'm feeling disrespectful. We running it. We running it. Shout out Kaylani. Shout out Rollis. Shout out. You feel me? We out here, bro. Come on. That was my Black Joy shit. Just linking me? up all the homies. Anytime I get to see my people, man, like I love that shit. And it's just shit is so important. Just building that community. Yeah. And, you know, being able to link with folks that's not always rooted in fighting fucking white supremacy is something I value. So. Yeah, yeah spend time with the homies this weekend. Right. Yeah. You want to kick it off, man? Yeah, bro. Like I said, man, I'm super excited to to have Logan on the pod just because as we dive into his journey, I think this is something that a lot of people can learn from. I feel like, you know, you've had a lot of success, and it's easy to just see, like, on the outside, like, all right, at one one minute this nigga was an intern, next minute this nigga was a reporter for NBC. But it's yeah. like there's so much work that you dig into the weeds <laughs> you feel behind me? all that shit. Yeah. And it's certain times like yeah. even yo come up, my come up, whatever yeah. you want to call it, like it's only the motherfuckers that was got to experience Around, yeah. with it to be like, oh shit, there's an actual story behind this shit. For sure. And I think we have so many like young listeners, yeah, um, like college folks right. in college, folks in high school. Like I think they can learn so much from your journey no yeah. matter what field they in. So that's why I'm, I'm excited to have you on the pod for real. For sure, man. Yeah, it's been a long time coming, bro. I think that uh, people, a lot of people see just, you know, I guess what we put out in the universe, uh, like we yeah. see in, on socials or whatever that, um, you know, all the stuff that we're doing and things like that. But they yeah. don't see what is in between those lines and all the struggle that has to the go struggle, through those things, bro. The like stress, the grind, the problems you've had to go through. Man, we're going to get to it in a second, bro. Yeah. But, like, it was a lot. <laughs> To get to this point, man, and it's still not over, man. I still niggas feel, is young as hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna acknowledge it's, that it's not over at all. But you know, the, so every once in a while, you gotta look back at your journey, and you know, I, I've definitely been through a lot over these last few years. So yeah, it's been great. Well, yeah, so we gonna you know we gonna get to we gonna get to know Logan. Yeah. Um, so we talked about it a little bit earlier about you know you going to Berkeley High or whatever, but mm-hmm. you know your writing your writing um, and reporting roots go all the way back to yeah. your time in high school. Mm-hmm. So when did you know this was something that you wanted to do? And when did you know that there's something you actually could do? Yeah. Um, well, as you know, like, I wanted to go to NFL when I was growing up. You know, like, I played football. League, Everybody, man, I wanted nigga, to go to the league growing I'm finna up. Be that, I'm finna <laughs> be that quarterback, nigga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I I remember, I wrote about this maybe two weeks ago. Um, it actually started when I was about 10 years old. Um, and it started because the journalism thing started when I when I was um, about 10 years old. And my mom was a I was a uh, journalist in Sacramento. You know, I lived in Oakland, and I, I would go back and forth every, one, every two weeks. And um, I was just there for the weekend, and she was covering a Kings-Lakers game. And um, it's kind of weird, to, eerie to talk about this, considering, you know, Kobe passed, but Kobe Bryant passed. But um, I remember I was watching the game. I grew up a big Lakers fan, as did you, um, Delincey. And I, I was just watching the game. I remember I got a call afterwards, and uh, I was on the home phone. Back in the day, <laughs> yeah. like, I niggas don't know about home phones. They don't have tapped in with the home phone. Our younger so. shit was for sure. Oh, mom was not. Like she called the home phone, and um, she she has. She's like, just listen, like, just, just be quiet and listen. And I don't know what she's doing. 
And she's like, and uh, she had me on the old school headset, you know, on her cell phone. People don't know about that either. Not Bluetooth, but like it's damn near a headphone. And um, she just was walking through the uh, Lakers locker room and talked to Phil, talked to Phil Jackson, talked to Shaq, and then talked to Kobe, and then talked to Carmel. Or talked to Kobe last, and I'm hearing Kobe's voice, and I'm like, this is crazy. You know what I'm saying? And um, I remember she broke journalism protocol and was like, my son is a big fan of yours. Um, she went full mama right full there. Mama, full mama, bro. Like I think <laughs> I'm not. She said she did this, and she was like, she like was giving the phone to Kobe, to like say something, like breaking all journalism etiquette at this point. And he was like, yo, if you can hear me, tell him I said what's up. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, yo, what? And so I was like, when she got home afterwards, I was like, I don't want to be in what you're doing. I know I want to do what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and then it just kind of evolved. Uh, I did some like freelance stuff as a like 10 11 year old but when i got to berkeley high um nigga was doing freelance shit at 10 and 11 yeah bro i was just like <laughs> that's, that's awesome, in. but like before beforehand yeah. when i was growing up my mom used to be at chabot and anybody know about chabot they have a really good journalism program broadcast journalism program where they actually have a studio in the on campus so when i was like five six years old i would do everything like i would Sometimes work the board, sometimes work the camera and stuff like that yeah. for their little mock newscast. So, like, it's in me. You know what I mean? I, I kind of been around this in every since my whole life. But when I got to Berkeley High, I was on the um, I was on a football team, and I just wanted to write. You know, I just wanted to write my thoughts out. And um, Mr. Carton, uh, he was – do you guys remember Mr. Carton? Yeah. Yeah, Mr. Carton used to uh, – he housed – his classroom housed – the, the yellow jacket and uh remember Susie Susie mm-hmm. Finch I know, I know yeah I know like Susie was the editor or Susie was the editor what's her full name I forgot Susie Finch Hicks, I Hicks. Yeah. Susie Hicks yep so she was the editor and like full disclosure I was never good at school I would always like skip class and stuff but I would I would always skip class to do like educational stuff like normal people skip class to go to telly and stuff yeah. I would skip <laughs> class to go like the library and shit you feel me like I would like I would give I wasn't getting good grades but I would always like I would skip class you knew what like, you wanted to study I knew what I wanted to study yeah. like when I was growing up I had this weird fascination with like the you Cold for sure War. had trash grades. I had trash grades. <laughs> you bro. was the nigga that we didn't Tell know him. was gonna be eligible every Facts, day, bro. Like, they used to make us headers or report cards. And be like, I wonder what Logan got. Like, <laughs> yep, gonna be the quarterback? I was, I was not, bro. I did not. I was not good at school. But like, the thing it was, it was funny because I was not good at school, but I would always be at school. Like, I never, yeah. I, my attendance was like good. <laughs> I wouldn't skip or anything. Why so you, here? <laughs> you feel me? Like, I was just a square. But like, if I did skip class or whatever, I would go to like Mr. Carton's class, and yeah. I knew I wanted to. Um, and he had the n- newspaper thing, so I was on the football team, and I had this column called Logan's Log that came every couple of weeks. I for sure I would, remember that shit, bro. And I would, yeah, I would like, um, I would uh, do like a column based on. Like, say, you know, there was like a running diary. Every time there was like a game or something, I would just do, you know, right off of the game or like my experience during the game and stuff like that. And then when the off season would come, I would just – I didn't really have the, like the Berkeley Yellow Jacket class, but I would, I guess, freelance for them. I would do like women's basketball. I would do soccer events and stuff like that. Yeah. I would really just try to like write articles for people. And that evolved. And my mom just saw that. And then by the end of like high school – she set me up with an internship with the same place that she was at, KFBK, 
which is ironically like a conservative talk show radio. <laughs> <laughs> this nigga was about to be fucking bruh, bruh, Ben so Shapiro. Like, it's, a, it's a conservative talk show, uh, conservative talk show, but they have sports. Like yeah. when I say conservative, like Rush Limbaugh was syndicated there, bro. Like you feel me? Like it was like really, but I, I it's weird because I had to, like that was my opportunity, right? Yeah. And so, um, Man, niggas, so and niggas yeah. wasn't as like. I didn't like, yeah, bro. You know, I didn't know. We talk like, about that all the time on yeah, here. It's like yeah. as hip as we were, but, like we weren't hip school. back then. And I was like, I was seventeen when I yeah. was doing it. And um, it's grown men that wouldn't turn down that. Opportunity yeah, right I now. mean, <laughs> honestly, right now I wouldn't. I wouldn't turn it down. You feel me? Like I would not. Knowing what I know now, it's got me to where I've gotten. Yeah. And um, so my responsibility, I wasn't even writing at that point. I was um. I was, uh, what was I doing? I was getting sound for Sacramento Kings games. I was living in Oakland, driving to Sacramento every, like, three times a week just to get sound. This, this was post-high school, right? This was post-high school, like, yeah. months out of high school. So, I was going, trying to go to school in Oakland. <laughs> uh, during This was during the lockout year. So, trying to go to uh, back and forth from Oakland to Sac. My grandpa had died. Like, it was a very bad time, like, 2011. My grandpa had passed. And um, I was just going through a lot of stuff, man. And I was like, uh, you know, a lot of other personal stuff, like kind of damn near homeless at a point in time. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But still, like, I knew I wanted. I, I talked to, the, I talked to this with somebody maybe a few weeks ago. Like, I didn't want to. Uh, I was like talking to my therapist, uh, and I knew I did not want to fail. Whatever I did, I did not want to go back to just be, having idle time back in Oakland. So. Yeah. I would just drive back and forth and just get as many connections as I could. And I did probably just got sound and didn't do any writing for about three years and still driving up and down the sack. And then uh, finally I got a, uh, I'm skipping stuff. You guys can like ask me stuff as I'm going, but um, one thing led to another and I got a uh, internship at Turner in Atlanta. And uh, bro, we, I remember this was like, when it goes back to what we're talking about Instagram and things like that and like the, the weeks that people don't see, yeah. it was uh like I was still not doing good in school, but journalism was like kind of teetering. This was like twenty end of twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen. Uh, you know, I was uh in a relationship at the time. It wasn't going well. I was like trying to um figure out what I was gonna do because that school wasn't popping at the time and you know, housing is rising in the Bay Area. I, I'm i like, bro, this journalism shit better pop. Man. Like, I need it to. Like, I need this shit to <laughs> yeah. pop, bro. Like, I, I need to get to this. And I remember my, um, I I, I was like, forget it. I'm going to, if I, these internships don't pop, if I, I'm going to sign up for these internships, they don't pop, they just don't pop. And um, I remember I, uh, I didn't want to turn her, I didn't want for Spectrum Sportsnet. And I remember... I got a uh, internship at Turner Sports. I got both, but I, I was gonna go to. T I was thinking about going to L.A. because my pops was like was like sick and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, man, I want to be like near. I want to be near my dad or whatever. And he was like, he was like, nigga, if you don't go to Atlanta, bro. <laughs> he told yeah, me you don't go to the A, nigga. If you don't like, go to the <laughs> A, bro. And so I was like, all right, I'm gonna do it. I was making seven dollars an hour, bro, in Georgia. We we me and my auntie drove from. Oakland to Atlanta, got it done. I remember my housing fell through in Atlanta the day before I got there, and I had to scramble for a housing, bro. And but I was it still was just those moments where you're like, bro, I gotta make it, bro. And I and I did that. That kind of parlayed. Um, I'm skipping steps, but that parlayed 
uh, I, I had written some things, and then um, Chantel Lowe, who was now editor at New York Times, she was at Bleacher Report. Um, she had given me an opportunity to freelance and go to Andre Guadalla's house, and um, to uh, to do a do a freelancing for Bleacher Report, and I did that. And then I that had was on video, right? Was that video? Uh, part oh. of it was video. Yeah, I remember that. Part of it was video, yeah. And um, I wound up getting an internship. This was another thing. I was like, because I had just gotten an like I had told you I was with um, Roz and I was assignment yeah. editor at NBC. So I was doing that. I was like, I'm finally kind of getting traction. It was uh, I was working weekends and uh, night weekend and nights. So like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, all two to eleven shifts. So I had no weekends, and um, I remember. I was like finally getting traction and I got this internship to intern in Memphis where I first heard Hello Black Podcast. And um, I got an internship in Memphis through SJI, the Sports Journalism Institute. And I um, was like, yo, this got a pop. And I got the internship and um, I remember things just started happening for me. Like right when I got the internship, I wrote this big thing on Nick Van Exel and um, wanted somebody from the Mercury News saw it. And, um, he got in touch with uh, Marcus Thompson. I'm not sure I'm, yeah, you know who Marcus yeah, Thompson is. Yeah. Shout out Marcus Thompson. Um, so Marcus, uh, he was on his way to the athletic where he works now, and he put in a word for me. I didn't even know him like that. Like, I kind of knew him, um, and he kind of put in the word for me. And he was like, "You got to hire this kid," and because um, you need like you need allies, and he was definitely an ally for me. And uh, I got to like I got to. I remember I got a text from him like, yo, contact such and such from the Mercury News. And next, the next time, like, I'm talking to the editors from there, and they're like, yo, we, we want you. And I'm like, I'm not really believing it. And then I was like, I'll talk to you guys when I get back to the Bay. So I get back to the Bay, like, a few months later, and they offered me the job to cover the Warriors. And, you know, I, that kind of took off. Things kind of took off for me from there. And then um, in March, I got it with NBC. So that's kind of the Man. abbreviated version of what it is, but like we'll, we could tap in, yeah. you know, more than that. But like that's kind of the abbreviated version. Of Man, that's saucy. Yeah. <laughs> that's saucy as fuck, especially all the struggles and you feel me. There's like, a lot of struggles the in that, bro. That you went through through that period and just like. And it's funny because I knew Delincey was firsthand because I also like when I was my freshman year of college, I was still like flirting with the idea of still playing football. Yeah. And yeah. me, um, and Delincey would train with my cousin. Jerome Boyd, who played for the we Raiders at the time. We was boasting with Juco at the time. Yeah. We was boasting with Juco. I was throwing his stuff, and, you know, he was – I think he was – I was flirting with the idea of playing. You were serious I was on three days. And yeah, shit. you was on three <laughs> days. I was like, maybe <laughs> I can do something. And I remember I went to like, – I think I'm trying to go deep. Straight water. This up. nigga had muscle milk and creatine in his bro, pocket. Like, I'm, like, oh, I'm, I'm trying going. to – bro, we would do mornings <laughs> with Jackie and Jerome. Jackie. And then in the – then in the uh, like early afternoon, I'll go seven one five with Jamal and Eugene. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And that night, me and you would go to Berkeley High or Cal. Yeah, man, that was a fir- that was one of the first times. Niggas I, was trying um, to get it. That was one. That was one of like a couple times where I did one on ones with Marcus. Yeah, and I was like, bro, this dude is ridiculous. We just knew niggas was going to the league. Like, y'all dude was ridiculous, bro. I'm like, I, that's when I like gave up. I was like, I don't play football anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah. I kept throwing picks and one on ones. I'm like, I am. This is not for me. I don't care about this as much. Um, but yeah, like. It, it takes that grind. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It takes that grind. And also, like, I used to see Delincey. He was at Santa Barbara City. When I was driving to L.A., I would sometimes tap in with him in Santa Barbara. Yes, sir. As I was, like, doing internship out of pocket to go to L.A. to, like, cover, like, Laker games and stuff like that just to do it. You yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it takes that grind. Yeah, man. Well, congratulations, man. Shit. Thanks, bro. Yeah.
So how does it feel growing up, you know, in the Bay Area and now reporting here, especially in the face of gentrification of Oakland and San Francisco? It's funny you say that because on the way, I don't want to play up the spot where you at, but when I was driving to where you was at, um, it's weird. You saw a white woman walking a dog. But, no, like it's weird. <laughs> I was on the phone as I was doing this, and it's like I am teetering on, yo, there's a loft here. I th- There's a loft here, but I think this is the hood. Like historically speaking, where we are right now is the hood, and I'm like – I'm on my P's and Q's, but I see people like on some yeah. on some stuff that I wouldn't do. You know what I'm saying? Like I remember a time in Oakland where, and I called it. I, I don't want to get too much, but I remember a time in Oakland where people was like, there was an order of things, right? Yeah. And um, I remember uh, just living here it was it was a simple place where black people can live in California in affordable time. When I was growing up, that's what it was, right? And it was a it was a town that had a lot of culture. It was a town that was the birthplace of the Panthers, and it was black. It was it was a place that I didn't that I didn't really fully appreciate until I started leaving. You know, until I started leaving and coming back. Um, and it was you know I I'm I'm from Lake Merritt, part of Oakland. And I don't think I really appreciated being from that part of Oakland. Like, you it's probably what the lake was like, nigga, nigga in the nineties, early two thousands. That's the center you know, of Because <laughs> I remember, like, the lake is so like ground zero for me, man. When I was in, when I was in my mother's belly, kicking around and stuff, my mom used to walk the lake all the time. And when one time she was walking the lake, fucking Money B and Tupac like hollered at her, like, "Yo, what's good? What's good?" or whatever. Right? That's how like tapped in it is for me in Oakland. And it's just been so different with the gentrification and, you know, working alongside with you guys at the People's Breakfast, it's um, been really humbling, to be honest with you, bro, because a lot of people can't live here. They can't afford to live in a place, you know, where and it's a lot of black people that can't afford to live in a place that they grew up. In. Yeah. And that's been such the backbone of the black population in, a, in, the, in America. You know what I mean? And it's it's tough to see that. As far as like how it affects my coverage, did you ask me how it affects my coverage? Yeah, we can dive into yeah, that. Yeah, um, I think that just being home, like you kind of, you just there's a comfort level, but in a good way. You know what I mean? Like you know the terrain, you know the stories that this market wants to you tell. You know the history. You know the history of these things, and um, I think Marcus, uh, uh, Marcus Thompson, I bring up his name. He does such a good job of like really um, bringing. Uh, just bringing that life and life from, you know, old Oakland into now. And I think that that's something that I try to bring in my coverage is um, making sure that that doesn't die. That spirit doesn't die right. um, with the, the new changes that are coming now. Yeah. Cause I feel like a lot of times, at least in, you know, education, it's a lot of times it's people mm-hmm. who aren't from the Bay area coming to the Bay area to work. And yeah. they don't understand that history. And they're like, oh, what do, where's the black people? And shit, I'm like, niggas is here, bro. You just like <laughs> they here, <laughs> but it's tap, crazy you know though because I, mean? I remember I remember <laughs> listening to an episode of uh, Hella Black, and Delincey, you guys were talking about Juneteenth here and Juneteenth in Berkeley, and how and you were talking about how um, that was the most black people you've seen in a while, just because they're coming from all the outskirts. Yeah, like niggas from Tracy coming back. Yeah, home and, and shit, it's like, crazy because they all used to live here. You know what I remember, mean? Remember, Juneteenth used to be. The day at the day, like that Sunday of the last like day of cow camp for football. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I used to go to yeah. Juneteenth like fully padded for like, sure. Leap with, with Keenan and Owe and like other like Rick and Nico. Yeah, like, niggas used to just 
leave cow camp and go to Juneteenth because everybody still lived. They ain't never invite me. You see that? I wasn't cool enough. They didn't, I didn't get to go. That's you know why you saying? don't got them on the podcast. That's so. why I don't have them on the yeah, podcast. I didn't get to go fully padded to Juneteenth. Turn out, but, but, uh, yeah. yeah, like I be thinking about this shit. Like it's always in when you think back to how Black Oakland is, how Black Oakland was. It be even. Like when I think about it, it's hard to even imagine that now. Man, there's juice like, bars nigga, around. All my cousins used to live like in the north. Yeah. Both yeah. my grandmothers, all my cousins. Bro, I'm talking about I will walk from 55th to 40 to mm-hmm. 43rd, nigga, 43rd market, and yeah. easily see like 20, yeah. 20 of my relatives. My sister's dad stayed on the same block as us, nigga. Mm-hmm. So like I'm seeing you feel me? Extended family. I mean, like, it's right wild, now, bro. Right now, where Huey P got killed, you can't even afford to live there no more. Yeah. Like, I can see, you can see where, you can see where he got killed, and you can see how much has changed since then. You know what I mean? So, it's been weird. Shit, yeah. wild. Um, this is something you sort of touched on when you were kind of talking about how you got into journalism and, yeah. you know, your journey with that. But I think something that's like super important mm-hmm. to, to acknowledge. Um, is that you were able to work your way into the game like without a degree? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. What was that? It's like? not something I'm like necessarily like hugely proud of. You know what I'm saying? Like Nigga, I, I got a degree. It ain't shit. No, no, no. But like, <laughs> just for the simple fact that I didn't even, I didn't use. I, I really wanted to be good at it, and I wasn't. That's more what. It good was. at what? Just school in general. Now, uh, who's to say you weren't good at it? You were good at what you valued. Yeah, but like you know, you know, playing football and being. And an athlete, you are based competitive. on uh, competitive in numbers yeah. and things like that. And so um, not to have that was, you know, it's, it's still disappointing. Let me but. give you some some um, some comfort in that. You were trying to hold yourself to a white supremacist standard. <laughs> yeah. School in itself is something that's rooted in white supremacy. For sure. But it, so, and respectability in the yeah. sense like, oh, you ain't got your yeah. BA, you know. Imagine if imagine if school would have been at a school like Berkeley High where creativity is, yeah. is is all and all that shit, right? They break us up. They had us, especially when you got there, they broke it into the little schools to yeah. where you could select something that fits your temperament or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine if you were able to design your own curriculums, my nigga, and like fit in, you feel me? Actually do like a project-based Experience learning. Experience the know? way that you wanted to. Yeah, I mean. You would have thrived. I nigga. think then the thing, I think what was happening with the school or whatever, I was so focused on, I was so focused on the craft to where I put my class schedule around um, what my dream. And sometimes like, I was chasing my dream and I wasn't chasing papers. Yeah. And so, um, but I wouldn't recommend that to everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I wouldn't, it, it, you know what I'm saying? I, not, my path is a very rare path that a not a lot, a lot of people go through. You know what I mean? That I it's think that's not, important to even acknowledge that I think that people too, need to realize people. that like, I am very blessed and lucky to be in this point with what I've done and you know, what I haven't done. You know what I mean? So I think that, um, everybody has their own life path. And I think that, the biggest thing that you whoever's listening just needs to know man just follow your dreams and stuff it might it sometimes it might be with school sometimes it sometimes that might be just your path like i'll be real with you if i have brain surgery tomorrow i want my brain surgeon to have a degree and i want them to have <laughs> the requisite paperwork you know what i'm saying if i'm having a heart surgery i want that you know what i mean but if uh you know it, that was just my path uh if somebody asks me like if if a young, if, a, if there's, there's, a, there's me, yeah. a young black journalist right now that's listening to Hella Black that wants to get into journalism, whether it's sports, mm-hmm. whether it's politics, fashion, yeah. culture, whatever, you feel me? And they like, 
might not be feeling the school shit. Yeah, yeah. They need to know that it's a possibility. It is. There's an unbeaten path yeah. that you could take. Um, it is. You got to work twice, like three, four times as hard. Like you yeah. already got to work hard as a as a black person, as a black anything. You already have to do that, but you already have to work hard because everybody's using that as a as a everybody's using that to discredit you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I know that that's happened to me a lot throughout my three years on this beat. Um, it's something that I've mentally had to overcome uh, just to even you know, do my job because I remember the first year doing on this beat, like, um, you know, a lot of people tried to use that against me, tried to, um, you know, even like tell me like, Hey man, you'll never get to this point. You'll never get to, you don't have because you don't have what you, nobody, people were telling me that straight to my face, like right. Logan, you're not going to make it. Um, and I had to fight against that because even I know on the outside, you're supposed to say, man, I don't care what people think, but these are people that you look, that you at, look up to that and they you have a spot to, that are telling you that, no, nah, you can't right. make it. It's not like gonna they're, happen. They're they're potentially at where you want to be, and they're like, exactly. Nigga, the only reason Bro, why you I gotta got get here this. Is, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I had to fight against that. And once I realized, like, man, because I think it's biggest thing with this is the mind too, right? You have to think, like, or not even think. You have to know that you can do it. That you that no matter what is, you are on the same level playing field, if not better than your contemporaries. And that's something that I had to realize. Yeah. And um, and I finally kind of overcame that. But you know, who's to say I might finish at some point? And, yeah. and you think about the way we as black folks are conditioned in in in, in this state, right? To to think that there's not enough for us that our our experience is supposed to be an experience rooted in lack. Mm-hmm. And I just want to always reiterate to folks that like nigga, there's more than enough for all of us. As black folks, we can live a life that's rooted in abundance. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah, like all of us have taken, you know, for the most part, some unbeaten paths. Uncommit- yeah. yeah. Like me, 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 and B niggas went to college or whatever and got their degrees and shit. But you know, like, I mean, I get, I, I guess I'm using, like, I guess this is journalism because that's what I majored. Yeah. In, like, I mean, you guys, I mean, you guys do it for sure. Like, you literally, you, your coverage of the Moms for Housing. You yeah. guys are doing journalism, bro. Yeah. You, I mean. We've all all known that journalism and when used right can be used for activism. Yeah. You know that exactly. we know that with Baldwin, we know that yeah. with everybody down Shit. the line. The Panthers have their own fucking newspaper. Exactly. Yeah. So um, when used right, journalism can use for, be used for activism, and you know you guys do that. So yeah, no, I, I resonate a lot with it, especially you know in my field of education and shit is like. You supposed to have a PhD. You feel me? I've been teaching, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> teaching African American studies with, with my bachelor's with no PhD. So I, a lot of times I'm like looked down upon and feel me like, oh, yeah, you don't got those. <laughs> you don't got those three letters after your name. You feel yeah. me after your last name. But I'm like, man, I be I be teaching my ass off. Maybe but I like, think you know, the I big- work hella hard at what I did. You feel me? Yeah. I think the biggest thing is people just, and I I, I don't want to use this the wrong way, but the people that are talking about. The people that are going to be talking about you or making cats and spurs, they don't know what's going on. We really don't know. Like, we really, nobody has this figured out. No one has anything figured out. Yeah. And that's why there's so much opportunity to blaze your own trails. And, um, you know, as long as you're putting in the work, as long as you're educating yourself, as long as you're working twice as hard and doing your job good, then there's nothing that anyone can tell you. Exactly. The talent's there. My mama's. My mama's. The talent is there, man. So... You're a frequent participant of the <coughs> NABJ, which is the National Association for Black Journalists, correct? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So what is it like to be in a space like that, and how has it helped mold you, you know, as a black reporter and writer? And I know you've talked about mm-hmm. the folks you've talked about who mentored you, you feel me? They've been black, yeah. you know, and the people you've been catching game from have been black. So what is, yeah. what's that been like for you, fam? Um, it's been great. Uh, I would not be here without NABJ, without National Association of Black Journalists. Um, that's how I got my internships. That's how I got uh, my network. That's how I've 
you know, been able to do what I'm doing right now with NABJ. Um, they've been a great organization. I would encourage any young journalist to go. Um, you can, I know it can't, the price can be steep. I will say that, but if you, there's always, there's so many ways that you can get there to go for free. You can, um, there's so many programs, uh, to do that. So I would encourage anybody to go to NABJ. It's been wonderful for me. I wouldn't be here without it. So yeah, you know, it's been, it's been great. And, you know, and I, and I know, obviously this is the hell, this is the black ass podcast, <laughs> but, um, you know, I've also black. had, I've also had, uh, other, I don't want to just say like, I just had black people yeah. tap in with me. Like there's been a lot of, there's been a lot of white people that have helped me out and a lot of other people of color that have helped me out as well. But, um, I will say the biggest single thing for me has been a national association of black journalists for sure. And I've encouraged him to come. Uh, y'all should come. You know what we I'm saying? Did. I mean, we technically journalists, <laughs> I guess, my nigga. So pay we, your dues. Get in. I, uh, yeah. I don't know about dues and shit. I feel like I'm in a fraternity or some shit. I'm like, what you? Nah, I, I, I remember when I was when I was doing like the print journalism heavy. You like, nigga, you got to pull up to this shit. Yeah. But it was just like niggas didn't really had a means. And I to your to your point around, you know, like I don't like to use this platform to up white people. But if you saw earlier, I think that was today or yesterday. I tweeted a white man. Mm-hmm. Uh, my nigga Sean O'Neill, who was, uh, he taught one of the journal. He was a professor for one of the journalism classes I took at University of Idaho, and that is one of the main reasons why I got into print because he just like, yeah, he just had he just laced me with so much game, bro. Yeah. Like that's literally a person who I would not have had my stint as a as a as a uh, print journalist if it yeah. weren't for him. So. Yeah, you know. I mean, you know that there that's is. That's the least they could do. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Four hundred years of slavery and oppression, man. Might as well help out. Uh. <laughs> but not, uh, you know, you talking about NABJ. I think like spaces like that are hella necessary when you know the history of media. We know the history of journalism yeah. as that shit being a field that, I mean, that's dominated by white folks. I will, yeah, I mean it is, uh, especially when all the players, you feel me, is black. I mean, I, I do feel right. like it is. You know, there are a lot of great you know, white journalists out there. But however, whenever I see, I think I'm fortunate to be in the Bay Area where there is like, when I am at home practices with the Warriors, there is, there are people of color. But I mean, even with that, of the traveling beat party covering the Golden State Warriors, I am the only person of color that's doing it. And not even just that, like, it's a male-dominated field, too. It's a white male-dominated field. 100%. Uh, we need to get more women in there. We need to get more women of color in there. We need to get more black women in there. And I'm not saying that to preach towards black women. I'm saying these people need an opportunity. Yeah. You know, they need an opportunity to, um, you know, make sure that these newsrooms are diverse. And um, I do – I would. Cre- I will credit NBC, uh, NBC Sports Bay Area, at least, for, you know – making sure that they do have a diverse um, staff because, you know, their two beat writers for the Warriors are African-American, <coughs> me and Monty Poole. And for the 49ers, they do have a woman of color on there covering the 49ers, covering the NFL team, uh, Super Bowl NFL team. So, um, but it's- Niggas not, lost. I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's, uh, it's, it's been really, um, you know, we do need to uh, have more people of color in there. And um, that's something that we do need for sure. Can can you talk about why it's important to have that kind of representation? It's important to have that because, for I mean, for instance, like I don't know. It, it's been weird to to see this kind of Kobe Bryant stuff unfold, this death unfold. 
Um, you wrote about it too, right? Yeah, I wrote about my confliction because like Kobe was like my idol growing up, but you know he also went through. He also, I wrote this in an article. He also had a sexual assault case where he said that um, in the settlement that uh, let me say he said that although yeah he said he although although, any better, I, although he, he's I think a paraphrasing, but he said although I didn't think the act was although I thought the act was consensual. I see she didn't see it that way, which right. means that she he did not have consent, right? Yeah. So he basically admitted to sexually assaulting, right? So. That's something that I've been dealing with, but I know the coverage around that. Every time I read something, it was a celebratory thing. And then every time that I read some work about that, the sexual assault charge was just thrown in there, maybe because it had to be. I don't think it was really like addressed. Just it wasn't, a, it wasn't yeah. a genuine. I don't think it was, yeah. you know, it was like, yeah, I know he did that, but this, you know what I mean? And I feel like, um, you know, if we had a diverse, if we had a well-rounded. Um, I'm sure it was, a, a, was it who wrote that was like, well, most of the stories are probably written by men. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, I don't want to say no names. Yeah. Um, but uh, most of that, when, most of the stuff that I read, it had that that tone towards it, and yeah. I and I feel like if we had like a more, we had a well-rounded thing. We have women of color. If we had women in general. If we had more inclusive um, journalism space. We'd have a lot more perspectives and stories, right? We would have the perspective of maybe a woman that covered that case, a ma- a woman that that um, covered Kobe after that case. You know what I'm saying? And um, also, you know, you have a lot of uh, non-people of color, non-black people that are telling people of color and black people's stories. And that, I think that's the biggest thing, right? You're having people that don't necessarily understand where these people come from the and culture. their backgrounds, yeah. but they are writing on that. Like, I, I know you guys have said a lot about uh, Jay-Z, but it really disturbed me when his big, uh, he had a big New York Times thing and Someone of color. It was. It was. A, it was a white it man. It was a white. It was a white person that yeah. did it, and I'm sure he's a great writer. He's with the New York Times. I'm sure, he's he's done everything, but I would have liked to see a person of color talk to a person of color on the one of the biggest stages about the stuff that he's going through, going going against ideology with another person of color. I mean, you know yeah, I just saying? I just think that like experience for for representation reasons, but also experiences. Allow for for deeper conversation. Yeah, facts. Empathy. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Yeah. Understanding. Like, there's just so much more being able to. Yeah, and, and it's can, gonna take the story yeah. to the next level. And, and I try can, to I try to make sure that I'm um, being responsible when I'm when I'm doing that. Because uh, you know, I'm, what is it like? All but one player on the Warriors right now is black. So I'm trying to make sure that I do tell the story as fairly as possible. Right? I'm not necessarily. Um, you know, giving them a pass on everything. That's not what I'm doing. I'm making sure I'm fair and I do make yeah. sure that their perspective is told accurate. So, yeah. Nah, most definitely. I feel like all the writing I've read of yours is like, it's very objective, but not at the same time. I like, try to be as nuanced as, as I can. Yeah, you have nuance yeah. and you, you Especially with the Kobe article that I wrote. Like, yeah. I'm very honest with the fact that I was a huge Kobe Bryant fan. And also, like, you, know, you still got to reconcile that he may have raped someone. You know, yeah. and that's one of the cardinal sins in life. You know, yeah. I, I think when you when you don't have when you have lack of representation, um, it just leads to a lot of shit being tone deaf for real. Yeah, I'm yeah. Sorry, not tone deaf. That's not the word you want to use. To um, a lot of irresponsible, yeah. but like not even or just like not. Yeah. But not, it's not even like it, it, you have a like it's hard because I'm trying not to use like ableist yeah, language. I, the reason why I didn't want to yeah. use tone deaf is because that's ableist. Yeah. I'm just gonna cite that mm-hmm. and apologize for that. Um, what would the essentially you're not experiencing a certain thing that another person is experiencing so like how are you going to fully grasp that and how are you going to 
report that if you don't know that experience, if you don't have that lived experience. Yeah. And I think when you and have that lived experience that culture, yeah. and a connection to the culture, your story is going to be better because you have a closer positionality to the story. Yeah. You feel me? If you saying something <laughs> fucking ignorant, otherwise you just like or not true. In some way, you can <laughs> kind of become a vulture. Yeah. yeah. Like. Um, like a drone flying over and you're kind of watching so much but you're not you actually living outside looking in yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. but yeah no it's been um you know i an advocate and i don't want to just news rooms to be diverse just for the sake of being diverse like yeah, make sure that diversity could for so be just like oh we're diverse you i mean me? yeah we got, you talk about <laughs> we got one have a 99 <laughs> black staff and still yeah. be reporting well, that also in a, like in a white way also we talk about um the post and wesley lowry have you guys heard about that um no nah. He was, well, I was just looking at like I, I have a book of his that I haven't he, read. They tried to kill us all. Yeah, um, yeah, you know he's going through some things with the post. They're talking about the woman um, who tweeted out the uh, tweeted out all. She was a post writer and tweeted out all of Kobe's you know accusations with the Daily Beast, and she got suspended. That's wild. Um, so you know, I think I don't want to just keep talking about Kobe, but like yeah, that's just the nah. most thing that's like most recent. So um, I want to you if you're gonna give women. Or people of color, women that are people of color, a voice and an opportunity. Make sure that they can still have their full. Make voice. sure they can still have yeah. their journalistic journalistic integrity too. Or you could just hire, keep hiring white people. I mean, but this was a white woman that got suspended. White you know man. what I mean? No, it was yeah. a white woman that got. No, suspended. I'm saying you, they can keep hiring white men if they yeah, want to yeah. just keep reinforcing, um, you know, the patriarchy. But and I, shit. I would just say, like, make sure if you're gonna diversify your staff, make sure you give them the same. Um, make sure you have their back too. Yeah, because it's not like you can just have your token, no, <laughs> right? No, no. And then it's like you have your token, and then you're actually very controlled in that setting. Yeah, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean. And, uh, For sure, that shit. <laughs> yeah, but do you want to go to extended? We got we forty eight minutes in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all niggas want to listen to the rest of this shit? You better pay up. <laughs> Patreon dot com. You should slash. you should boost your socials before we. Before oh yeah yeah. Uh, holla at me at um Logan M Murdoch on all platforms. That's L O G A N M M U R D O C K at Twitter, Instagram. That's all I really got right now, man. And be on the lookout for his podcast when that shit resurges. I'm about to be on there dropping gems, nigga. <laughs> oh my, <laughs> more gems you can hear on this. Yeah. <laughs> So to tap into this next part of the episode, go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash hellblackpot. If you white, pay the fuck up. But if you want to listen to this shit, go to patreon.com slash hellblackpot. We got extended content and a whole bunch more. You can support People's Breakfast Oakland. A whole bunch of shit on there. So tap on our Patreon, patreon.com slash hellblackpot.